Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy Monday, everybody. Happy Tim Beebs Brew Week. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh, hey, people are going to buy that up. Yeah, they will. People are going to try it. You're going to see it a lot on social. Like, I tried the Beebs Brew and everyone's going to be a critic and they're going to let you know what they think. When really, at the end of the day, it's it sounds like a perfectly fine beverage that I don't think anyone's going to hate if they order, if they like ordering stuff like that to begin with, then they're probably going to like it. But the tumbler looks cool. The Tumblr does look cool. I'll spend money on that. I really like Justin Bieber, and I want to see him do really, really well. Uh, the last time they did this collaboration between Justin and Tim Hortons, we had the Tim Biebs Donuts, or Timbits, and they're back this time around, too. One thing I'll say is there was a lot of people, and I'm going to guess they're the same people that walk around hating on the Kardashians, even though they've never seen a Kardashians episode. Sure. That we're all, oh, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. I can't believe that Tim Hortons got Justin Bieber Timbits. They sold millions upon millions of them. It was one of the most successful things they've ever done. So in case you're wondering, yeah, there's a demand for it. And I'm part of the demand. I'm going shopping today. And and keep in mind, at the time that they did that, Tim Hortons was actually hurting a little bit. And it actually gave them basically a new lease on life, if you will. It really did. Before we get too far into things... It was your birthday yesterday. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes, it was. And how did it go? It's great. It was was nice. Wasn't a big raging party or anything like that? No, 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 no. Low key. I didn't want, I'm not doing any of that this year. No, no. It was, it was nice. It was really uh, just chill. I saw some family and friends. I have a tradition I kept up, which is just go shopping by myself. I did that. Um, and then I went to go see Top Gun. I went to go t- uh, dinner in a movie with my husband, which for us, it's a big deal. For some people, it's like, okay, cool, like any other day. No, we have little kids. And it's a little harder to get out and do those kinds of things. So it was a really nice date night last night. We're going to talk about uh, Top Gun in just a sec. I love that tradition. You just go out and shop for yourself for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Is it out of your money or does your husband give you money? No, my husband doesn't give me money. I make my own money. No, it's just <laughs> I for get me. that. I just meant because no, it was a gift. No, he did give me a gift. No, no, he did give me a gift. But no, this is for me. I just like going out shopping. And I, I like I said, it's just I don't want anyone with me. I like shopping by myself and really taking my time on stuff. And that's what I did. Did you go to a mall? Like just wander? I did go to the mall. I did really? go to the mall. I yeah. haven't been to the mall in ages. Yes, I went to the mall and I wandered and sauntered around. I was a saunterer. Because usually I'm in a hurry. That's just my life. I'm just Or I have kids with me. So it's like, okay, just go to the store, get this there. I don't have time to look at this for myself. So that's just the one day where I stop and I go, what does Cat want? What does Cat need? I sniffed essential oils at Sage. I walked through Winners and I actually took my time looking at outfit by outfit it was great. Sage and winners. What a day. Yeah, that was just the beginning. Oh, sir. Shoppers Drug Mart. I won $50 on a Plinko scratch ticket yesterday. I had a good day. Wow. Yeah. Oh, speaking of winning on tickets, I haven't won the Lotto Max. Hence why we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> yet. You got to say yet. Yet. I haven't won the Lotto Max yet. Uh-huh. But I also haven't lost on any of the last six draws. Every one of them has gotten me at least a free ticket. Stop. Does that mean that I'm trending in the right direction? That luck is on my side? Sounds luckier than me. I mean, I got, I got squat. I bought the last like several draws and I nothing. Zero. It is weird that nobody's won. I mean, tomorrow, for example, there's going to be 47 different draws for at least a million dollars. One of them is going to be for 70 million. 
not even a lot of the max millions are getting claimed. So that's why these jackpots keep getting higher. It's good. Do you think, do you feel like luck is going my way? I think so. Yeah. Maybe even a, even a milli, even a milli uh, max million, right? Let's go. You know what? At this point, I would even take a milli. You know, oh, just, that's just give nice it to me. You. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And I'd like to thank the Gronk for coming up with Millie. I think that's such a casual way of referring to seven figures. That's so good. Um, we're going to talk real estate coming up in a few minutes because we had a good conversation with our podcast sponsor this morning on our FM radio show. We'll talk about that. First off, uh, Top Gun, number one this weekend. And you saw it. Mm-hmm. Is it great? It's, it's uh, very good. Very good. So, okay, if you want a full critique, so perfect length, by the way. I did not think it was too long. I did not think it was cut short at all. I, it was entertaining from beginning to end. I'm going to be honest with you guys and that I never saw until this weekend before I went, and I'm thankful I did, I'd never seen Top Gun. Like, I, I think I might have seen bits and pieces of it a long, long time ago. So I'm glad that I went. I, my husband and I watched it on Saturday night, knowing that we were going to go see it last night. And I'm glad I did. Because there was a lot of references in there I, that would have gone right over my head. And I, sh- I should, would have been able to appreciate the movie still, but not as much. Definitely not as much as knowing the whole backstory. So there's that. I'm glad I did. There were some very cheesy storylines, like extremely cheesy, very predictable. That I will say. It wasn't like, wow, the storyline, it was shocking and this and that and the next thing. No. But the entertainment value, 10 out of 10. Like, great for entertainment. Storyline, entertainment, great. That's how I would sum it up. Did you cry? No. Of course really? not. No. There's not even, a, not even a moment in there I would think anyone would. I, I, I've heard that some guys, maybe it's just because this was such a big part of their That's childhood, when they get to see the, okay. the remake, they cry a little. That's I, what I've, it is. I've heard that. Because, like I said, it, I have no, it has no emotional impact on me whatsoever. I was born the year the original came out. I, I have nothing. No ties, except for the fact I just like Tom Cruise. He's great. I didn't even know Meg Ryan was in the first one until I watched it over the weekend. It was crazy. I don't want to give out any spoilers. I didn't know that she was in it. I was like, hey, isn't that Meg Ryan? That's cool. I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. The, I, I understand it's particularly one part where people would probably get teary-eyed, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for me, no. But uh, I could see how people would. There are moments as well in there. I think I can tell you this without spoiling it. For anybody, I think I can say this without spoiling it. The beginning of the movie is the same as the beginning of the old movie. They started the exact same way. Really? Exact same way. So I think... I kind of love that. That's what I think will get people just that nostalgia factor for those who really, really loved the first movie and watched it several times. That's going to get you. I won't give away anything else because there's a couple of plot things that I think are going to... They might surprise you if you haven't seen any spoilers, actually. I'm so excited and I've been trying to coordinate this so I could see it with my son because we did watch the original and I thought this is going to be a great moment. Now you're not just some some six or seven year old kid anymore sitting in the basement watching a movie. Now you're you're an adult and we can go and have a beer and watch the new Top Gun and I just can't wait to have that moment. The problem is he's busier than I am. So if we could kindly coordinate schedules i'm really fucking excited to see top gun if for anybody who's seen it by the way thank you a lot of people have dm'd me to say oh you're gonna love it you're gonna love it you will i I don't think you're gonna be disappointed i got a lot of donut dms after friday oh i'm sure you did how were your donuts they by the way looked incredible i mean presentation 10 out of 10 at La Casa Dolce. Always is. Steve says hello, by the way. Okay. Tell him I said hi next time. He still listens online, which is great. Uh, They were good. I got a dozen. 
cut them all up into quarters. And I think there's probably in total two full donuts left, but cut up into quarters. The banana pudding one was one of the best donuts I've ever had was in my it? life. That sounds good. The butter tart one, world class. So, so, so good. The cookie monster had the biggest scoop of cookie dough on top of a donut that I've ever seen in my cookie life. Cookie dough on the donut. Yeah. That's cool. It was amazing. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things. The one that I liked the least was the one I expected to like the most, which was the raspberry pistachio. Mm. Could have done without it. The Pop-Tart one. Amazing. It was really, really good. Uh, Cothra in Queensway in Mississauga. They're still going to have those flavors out for a little while if you want to try them. It's called La Casa Dolce. Really, wherever you went is good. People were sending me pictures all weekend. Hey, look what I did. Look what I got. I tried out your idea. We're trying out all the donuts. Now, some people just went and got a dozen donuts at Tim's. I think we've all had a Tim's Crueler or Boston Cream or something like that. But hey, if that was all you had access to on short notice, no problem. There's never a bad time to have donuts. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Teach their own. Go get them at your favorite place, whatever that might be. Did you uh, watch the Jubilee this weekend? I didn't see a thing. No, I <laughs> I didn't see a thing of the Jubilee. I did. I shouldn't say I shouldn't, didn't see a thing. I saw some highlights. I did. See, I watched highlights and that's where it ended for me. I wasn't about to pay any attention to it. I decided to get really lean into it on the weekend because I realized that Saturday was National Cognac Day. And I thought, oh, 11 a.m. is a good time for cognac. Let's get her going. And within a few hours, I had a British flag erected on my backyard and all sorts <laughs> of shit. I got right into it. <laughs> 50 mint juleps in. Hey, all the clay. I was online trying to figure out if there's any corgis that need adopting and all sorts of shit. My favorite, my favorite part of the highlights, okay? The queen's great, okay? So sure, I, I, I hate to say it, it wasn't the queen because I'm glad that she came out for the, to the, toward the end because I know that she wasn't feeling too hot. So she came out to the, at the end, that's great. But my favorite part aside from that wasn't even like, oh, Elton John performing, Ed Sheeran performing, cool. No, for me, it was, is it Louis? The was it Louis that was causing so much so much He's the younger son and George the is the older one. I okay, I think it was Louis. I think it was the youngest. I think it was Kate Middleton and 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 Prince William's son was a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Because he is just it doesn't matter if you're royal. Kids are kids. They don't know nor do they care. And he was really showing that he didn't give a shit that a lot of people were watching at one point he put his hands over his mom's mouth and it's just like for me I just laughed because I think we've all been there as parents right to toddlers like behave yourself we're in public and you could see the look on Kate's face in one particular part where they were watching something I don't even know what it was but he was making faces at her and going like like waving his hand in her face and she was trying her best to compose herself Mm mm-hmm and people are just tweeting it out like, oh, I was like, oh, I, I, I like feel bad for her. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're royal, you deal with that shit. Yeah. That's what you deal with. Okay. So did she have an option there? Like, could she have leaned into him and said, you are going to have the worst she, night of your life when we get home? She tried. And he went, that kind of thing in her face. So there was nothing that was going to calm this kid down. He, unless she wanted to get up and leave and drag him out of there, which I probably would have been like, okay, how bad will it be on social media if I grab him by the wrist right now and drag his ass out? You know, it probably would have been 50-50 because people will shit on anything and people love to judge other people's parenting. Yeah, they do. Happens all the time. In Kate's case, if she had said, you know what, you're going to take a time out and grabbed him by the wrist and let him out of there, that 
might have been amazing. The risk you run is that he decides no and just like drops to the floor or yeah. something like that. And then you've got a big incident. Like, look at this kid. Uh, I literally went to go uh, tweet it or Google it. And all you have to do is Kate Middleton and Kate Middleton Louie pops up and you can just see the look on this kid's face. He's making faces, just moving all around his seat. She's trying his best to like calm him down. Probably missed a nap or didn't have one. Like, it's just all these things that I actually can relate to. I can't relate to much. Myself and Kate Middleton, different lives completely. But when it comes to motherhood, I just think it's so funny. Anyway, look those up if you want. They're great. The Jubilee is not what I expected. I expected the whole thing to be lots and lots and lots of pictures of Harry and Meghan and William and Kate and a couple here and there, maybe, of the Queen. It was actually completely the opposite. There was lots of pictures of the queen, considering she only came out in public twice and very few of Harry and Meghan. They were surprisingly subdued, and I wasn't expecting that. I didn't think they had it in them. I thought they were going to try and make that about them, and they didn't. They just sort of blended into the background and went with the flow. I thought for sure Charles and Camilla were going to get booed. They got cheered. Next king and queen of England, William and Kate, will come right after Charles and Camilla. All in all, it was good. I was a little surprised that we didn't do anything here in Canada. I mean, we're either the Commonwealth or we're not. And I thought since we are, we would do something to market like on Parliament Hill or do something in Toronto or anywhere in the country. I thought there'd be something for the Jubilee, but there really wasn't. Yeah. But then I flipped open Instagram and saw a lot of people were having little British parties and Ah, good sure, on you. Sure, fine. I, I don't know that the British eat a lot of hamburgers and hot dogs, but <laughs> I mean, however you do your Jubilee party is completely up to you. I had some rye. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> no. British rye. British rye There's yeah. a name well, for it's, that. It's uh, Canadian technically, but we're a part of the monarchy, so I did my part. Atta girl, cat. The patriotism <laughs> is just oozing out of you today. I'm sure if Elizabeth finds out, she'll be thrilled. <laughs> I uh, I hope that wasn't the last time we see her in public, but she yeah. really doesn't look good. Like you can, when they say she's having mobility issues, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. Poor thing. My my, I'm gonna be honest. Like my thought was, I'm glad she made it to this. Yeah. You know, like that's my mm-hmm. that was my first thought. To be on, uh, honest. Back at Christmas time, we thought, uh oh, this doesn't look good, and she made it to her 70th jubilee. Yeah. That, that's amazing. It's incredible. I don't know that there's going to be a 75th. We'll uh, we'll hope for the best. God save the queen. Did you get gas this weekend? What a that's some bullshit, isn't gong it? Show. <laughs> I can't believe. And we uh, thank goodness we do what we do because that's the only reason I knew that gas was going to jump a couple of times over the weekend. So I actually got it in time before those. I mean, whatever. Ooh, I saved myself a few bucks, but still, I got it right before it went up to whatever we're at. What are we at now? Two eleven, two twelve. Here, it's fucking nuts. It's crazy. Two fourteen nine is the average price across oh, Ontario. God, that hurts. What I don't understand, though, is if the government, they say they care. They know it's impacting inflation. They know people can't afford this. And this is having a real immediate impact on households and on families. They know this is a problem. They say they want to do something. Isn't one of the best things they could do to just make things clear? I, I, I'm not trying to be nosy or stick my nose into other people's business, but I think it's fair for us as the consumers, especially as residents of a country that is swimming in oil, literally. Why can't they just tell us what the gas station's cost is? Mm-hmm. Like just as a very bare minimum, if we're paying two fourteen nine, 
Why can't we know that when the gas station puts gas into the ground, their break even, for example, is a dollar ten a liter? And then we'd know, oh, these sons of bitches are making a dollar and four cents on every liter of gas they sell. That would be helpful information. Why can't we at least know that? I don't know. I don't know what the law is on that. I don't know if there is one or can it be adjusted considering what we're going through? The, all, all great questions. Would is, is the government resistant to order the gas companies to have that clarity and that disclosure? Because then the gas companies would point out, maybe the government should tell you how much you're paying in tax. Because I distinctly remember a very controversial thing less than four years ago. When Doug wanted stickers on every gas pump in Ontario that would tell you how much mm-hmm. you're paying in tax. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Hindsight, that wasn't such a bad idea, was it? Yeah. Because I'd kind of like to know that information. Yeah. It seems like some people are getting very, very, very wealthy at our expense. And the whole thing is just a house of cards. I mean, sooner or later, everybody's going to reach their breaking point where they say, well, I need gas. It'll probably at these prices cost me to get from here to work and work to back here. And I don't have that extra 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? Can you phone in empty tank at work? Should that be a a bona fide list of days that you can take off? It's not a sick day. It's not a personal day. It's a gas is empty. Gas tank is empty day. And it's not payday. (laughs) That won't work in your favor. They'll say it's take the bus day then. Get your ass in here. Is this having any impact on the environment? Because I know people are driving less. I'm wondering, are we ever going to see that? We went through that lockdown period two years ago where the entire world stayed home for a month. The one one thing that I did learn about that, because I was very curious about, especially those two years, um, is that it takes so long for for us to figure it out, basically, for it to take effect that we may not know for a little bit longer exactly what what the impact was. And for this, yeah, I mean, Scott, I, I, I think that people are driving less. I can tell you that much. Aside from the essentials. Yeah, right. You're making different choices, as am I. Absolutely. If I don't absolutely have to go out or if I'm going out, what I do is, OK, what else do I need? Because mm-hmm. if I'm going out once and I'm on this street that has this and that and that on it, I'm getting everything I need now so I don't have to go back out later. That's what I'm doing. Have you walked anywhere that you would normally drive? I no, not really. No, I, I did. Yeah, I, I walked to get a coffee yesterday. You did. I woke up and I wanted a coffee and I thought, yeah, I could drive. I'm just going to walk this time. I'm going to leave that amount of gas in that vehicle and I will walk. It's bizarre. The prices got this high, this quick, in that nobody is doing anything about mm-hmm. it. I know that Doug said he's going to lower the tax and he said that would happen after the election. So presumably we'll get up to, was it, seven, eight cents a liter off. I don't know if we're even going to feel that eight cents. I mean, when we're up to two fourteen nine a liter, seven cents is great. Seven cents on every liter is good. Sure, but it's it's a piss in the ocean compared to how much we're actually paying. It is, and we still don't see any clarity. So let's hope they get this sorted out. I mean, they have to. They have to do something. Whether it's cutting taxes, making it more transparent, so we can see exactly where this money is going. This shouldn't be a big secret where we all have to wonder and speculate. Well. How much did it cost the gas station to fill up? And then they're selling it to us for this much? That doesn't seem right. Or how much is uh, uh, the price on the markets, the global markets, in and around $100 US a barrel compared to how much it actually costs them to get it in a point where we can just pump it into our tanks? It's very, very frustrating. And if you're feeling it, I'm right there with you.
And soon, you probably won't even be able to get an Uber. And if you do, it'll cost you a lot more. Yeah. Uber is out with their list. Every year they do it of the most common things that are forgotten and some of the unique things that are forgotten in the back of their rides. If I asked you, what do you think is the most common thing that's left behind in an Uber? You'd probably guess one to five almost instantly, right? Probably, because I would guess it would be what you for sure went in there with if you ordered the Uber. I'm going to guess cell phone. Cell phone is number one. Yeah. Wallet is number two. Keys, backpack or purse, headphones, earbuds, speakers. Okay. Number five. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Why is it that we just sprawl out when we get in the back of an Uber? I just <laughs> hang on. I'm just going to unpack back well, here. It's- okay. So all from from I'll give you a little female perspective. So for me, if I have like a purse with me with all that stuff in it, and if I'm in an Uber, there's a good chance I've got a bag full of stuff because I'm going from one place to another. I obviously don't have my own car there, so I need to bring all my all my belongings with me. Sometimes it can knock over. It happens. It happens in my own car. I'm like, ah, shit, all the stuff spilled everywhere. So I will give some people the benefit of the doubt. It's not like they're sitting there and purposely unpacking. It's possible that shit just fell out and you didn't realize it. I'm looking at the list Uber provided of the things that did get forgotten in the back of their cars. And some of them I need a little more information on. Some tater tots. That's all it says. Some tater tots. <laughs> did somebody drop some tater tots in the back or did they go out and buy tater tots and leave them in the Uber? Like a bag of frozen tots. Yeah, cooked or frozen. I need to know this at least before I can figure this out. Somebody had an it's boba time apron. Boba is like Boba Fett. <laughs> it could be that. It could be some people call like their grandfather Boba. I, I don't Do know. I don't know. Boba time. Somebody forgot their foldable unicorn kid's chair. 500 grams of caviar got left in the back. What are you doing leaving your caviar just laying around in an Uber? That's, that's a, expensive shit. That is expensive. And that, that's going to spoil. Won't that spoil? You're supposed to keep that shit refrigerated, aren't you? Well, I don't think it was very refrigerated in the person's <laughs> purse either. But nonetheless, this seems like something that you would have a more permanent means of transporting around than just carrying it in your pocket or in your hand or in your backpack. Cat litter and a reptile heating bulb. Oh, that's somebody who Aww. did a trip to PetSmart Aww. and left everything in the back. Somebody left a life is tough, but so are you blanket. That's what you do in the back of an Uber. Okay. Just in case it's cold, I'm going to bring my favorite blanket. A pizza costume. Ah, uh, Halloween. That screams Halloween to me. Is that Halloween time or is that like a side job? Maybe that's someone's side hustle. No, that's probably some <laughs> asshole that stands on the corner trying to get you to come in and get a slice. Ah, they're hot and ready. Two Look at me. today. We hate my life. A shitty painting of a moose. <laughs> it actually says a shitty painting of a moose. It says a shitty painting that's of a moose. Fantastic. The drivers report these things to Uber head office and they just go through oh, and put this list together. That's fantastic. Somebody left a whole pie in the back of their Uber. Like, okay, baked? Baked Just baked fresh pie. Yeah. How would you not know that the pie that you got into the Uber with, you no longer have when you get out? Did you just have too many things? Pie just wasn't on your mind? I... Like the pie brought... Yeah, it came in with you. Was it on the floor or was it on the seat beside you? How did you not notice the pie wasn't there? Maybe you were sitting on it. (laughs) I'll tell you about my weekend later. No, I'm sure you will. Breathalyzer. Oh, Okay. I could see that, actually. Is, is that one of those personal yeah. jobbies that you can you buy them and then you can blow before you leave a bar or something and see I, if you're okay to drive? And I'm happy to see that. Obviously, this person had one of those little doohickeys with them when, wait a minute, 
Let me check. Oh, I'm drunk. So I called my Uber. Left it in there by accident. I like that one. Okay. Somebody left a Star Wars Yoda headband and a Darth Vader helmet. Maybe they had a play to get to. Yeah, that sounds like a fun party. A piece of a broom. (laughs) Where'd it break off? (laughs) (laughs) An urn with pet ashes and an urn with a family member in it. Two urns. How do you you forget that? Where where weren't you going somewhere to either spread them or you were picking them up from somewhere? Like that sounds like it was a purpose of the trip thing. This is what I can't understand. It that was the purpose of your trip. Mm-hmm. You don't unless you bring the ashes around with you everywhere, like to each their own. This might be uh, a bit of an immigration story. Somebody found or left in the back of an Uber two pairs of snorkeling goggles and a passport from China. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fucking swim here? Where did you escape from? What's happening? (laughs) A bucket of slime. Uh, Oh, somebody left their brown tortoise in the back of an Uber. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. That is terrible. Spray tan machine. Were you spray tanning people Mm -hmm. and on your way home or were you going to use the spray tan machine somewhere else. Do you carry the spray tan machine in case you're ever looking at yourself and think, ooh, I missed a spot. Maybe you're a mobile sprayer. Some people do that, right? They travel to you and they spray you. In an Uber? I'd love to think they have more reputable transportation. I I couldn't tell you. Maybe every now and again, you just, you got to take the Uber. (laughs) Somebody left a dart that says, unleash the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And, uh... 10 pounds of hamburger meat. Again, it sounds like that was the purpose of your trip. Yep. If you went out to buy that much hamburger meat, I assume that was where you were going. Wow. And if you left it in the Uber on the way back, that is bad. Uh, Sundays are the worst day to forget things. And the most common time is between 5 and 6 p.m. during the day. Ah, okay. It's also remarkable, by the way, just how many people forgot their CPAP machines in, the, in an Uber. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. That's not good. I mean, I don't think you're going to die. I, I don't know how bad your condition is that you need that CPAP machine. It seems like a lot of people have them just because they got conned into going to that sleep study. And that's just sort of what you do. It's like your souvenir on gotta, the way out the door. Gotta bring it with me. <laughs> but I would think you would want to have that. Or maybe that's the strategy to get rid of the machine. Oh, shit. I left it in an Uber. That's no good. <laughs> Jacob Hogart. Oh, yeah. Guilty on one out of three counts. Yeah, this was uh, this particular count was the woman who was from Ottawa. And this do I say allegedly still? How does this work when he's convicted? So I could say so he brought her to a Toronto hotel room and the jury found that he did, in fact, sexually assault her. I got to say, like, read I I read as we went, I, I read every single testimony that was given um particularly obviously for these from these two women directly and other allegations that happened and they're really hard to read they were really hard to read so the fact that the jury found that he actually did this shit is just despicable you know what i'm wondering is they kept throughout the trial talking about oh the jury's got a tough thing to do here they got a tough decision to make and i do understand that but I would think it was harder for the victims, and I didn't hear much about them throughout this. So there was that. 
And I also heard a lot of talk about um, him and that's just what he likes in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So a disputed here was whether or not it was consensual. You got two different women, one of them who was underage during their first alleged encounter. And I believe he was found not guilty of the groping of the girl who was underage. The stories were very similar. Like, it seems like something's going on here. And I'm not sure how they found him not guilty on two counts, but guilty on another count when the circumstances seem eerily similar with both women. Am I crazy there? Am I reading that right? I mean, obviously they found something different in the testimonies and that could be, it could be as simple as that. I I, I don't know. I'm not in the mind of a jury and I wasn't in that room when they were deliberating. Um, But obviously they found something to be off or not really adding up for them on that. That's the only thing I could personally think. Um, Whereas the other one seemed pretty cut and dry to them. We should also mention that the jury, they were deadlocked for a while and they came back to the judge and they had to ask a couple of questions because they were completely deadlocked and they didn't think that they were going to reach a decision. But they did. I was actually surprised that that came down this weekend. I'm very surprised because I thought this was going to last a little bit longer. Today, in case you're wondering, uh, is the hearing on bail. So we're going to find out very soon. Uh, sentencing hearing will not be until this summer at some point. I don't. I believe today they'll set a date for that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, those who know a lot about this suggest about two years in prison for Jacob Hogard. That's the guess at this point until we find out. Hmm. And this is only the beginning, really, because there are more people who had allegations. It does not mean that they're going to go to trial. It does not mean that he's going to even want a jury again. It may or may not go in his favor because of this conviction. I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, he the jury was 10 men and two women. I'm not even sure how that flies in a case like this, but that's the way it was. You're right. They did come back a lot. And the judge arranged for them to see testimony again and and go back through notes and all that sort of thing. It just seems strange to me that when the circumstances are that similar, guilty by uh, uh, of assaulting one woman, but the other woman, the one who was underage at the time that the allegations were made... Um, not guilty there. It's a weird thing for me, but I wasn't in court. Yeah, I, I, there's other evidence, right, that was brought to light that we are we probably don't know. Like, I don't know offhand. I couldn't read you the text messages between the two of them, for example. We know that there was a lot of those. It could, they could have been vastly different between the one that was he was found guilty on and this these particular sets of text messages. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do as far as Bale's concerned. I'm certain he's going to have to turn in his passport if he hasn't already. He will likely have to be on his best behavior and have no contact with the victims, obviously. And yeah, he'll have to report and go to jail. What I'm not clear on is if they give him two years, did he already serve any time at all? Is he going to get credit for any time in detention? I don't think I don't he has done He's any. not served anything. Nope, nope. Wow. He'll get no credit. No, there's no credit. I would imagine his music is done. Like that's just going to end up in a vault somewhere with the record company and probably never see the light of day. I don't know a single radio station that's playing any of his music. Nope. What about the rest of his band? Are they ruined now through association or can they go on, I do mean, you think, and do something else? I think they can. I, I think that they can. And uh, I, although I've, I've interviewed several of them through the years, what I can say is I know Dave to be a really, really lovely man and I hope that if he does want to continue a career in music I don't know what he's maybe he does have a band right now a new band I don't know I I did not follow up on any of the other members of the band none of them were found guilty in any of this Mm -hmm. none of some of them apparently 
truly had no idea that this was happening. This was him. He took this on. He's not trying to throw anybody else under the bus. So, I mean, you can't really, although you can be attached to somebody in a team that way, it happens sometimes where you're kind of brought down with them and that can suck if you did nothing wrong. But I don't think anybody can prove that they knew he was doing these things wrong and they went along with it. And, and tried to be a wingman of sorts. I don't believe that happened in any scenario. I have not heard of that. And I think we would have heard of it by now if that was the case. That's just what I've heard. I tend to agree with you. I mean, hey, when you're on tour like that, you go and you do your sound check and then you do your interviews for whatever market you're in. You might have a fan experience or a meet and greet. Then you go, you do your actual show and then you go home or you go back to your hotel and they all go to separate places. They probably would have had no idea what gross shit was th- in Jacob's DMs. I think so. I think because you can't know like if they are not going to share it with you, right? And I don't think it's something that he would boast about. He wouldn't be like, hey guys, look what I'm doing. All, all We would all assume, I should say, we would all assume that someone would say, in the group would say, excuse me, excuse me, like this is my career too. What the fuck are you doing? Right. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't believe any of them would have known, but he may, I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird because in some cases when something like this happens, they usually do bring the rest of them down. I'm not sure what they're doing right now, but I guarantee you they're not talking to him. Let's do a little judge cat. I'm curious to see what we would do to this person here. This happened on Thursday in Fort Lauderdale, a man driving down the highway Receiving a blowjob from a woman in the passenger seat. Okay, roadie, huh? Crashed his car into the back of a FedEx truck. (laughs) He apparently got distracted and actually swerved into an oncoming lane of traffic. No one was seriously hurt. He did sustain injuries, quote unquote, to his penis. I'm more worried about her face. Her face? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It'd be an Hello? Odd. I mean, it's already halfway down the throat. What happened to her? Halfway down the throat? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Is actually. she all right? Uh, okay, well, I, I'll get there. Or we'll, was we'll, it a he? No, it was a man receiving a blowjob from a woman who okay. was in the passenger seat <laughs> of the car. I'm worried about the person giving the blowjob. I'm not really worried about him. It's not clear how bad the injuries to his penis were, but police say they were, quote, due to what was going on at the time of the crash. I just saw a photo of the crash scene and it looks pretty bad. He hit the truck. I thought it was a rear end collision. He actually hit him more off to like the front side. And if you look closely, you can see him lying on the street next to the car with his pants still down. Oh, jeez. The woman was with him off to the left. And she also looks quite shaken up. Hang on. Let me zoom in on this picture here. She's probably concussed. Are you fucking kidding me? She's concussed for sure. She doesn't even know what day it is. If you're getting a roadie and you happen to get in a collision, obviously you've got to get out of the vehicle. You've got to exchange information. You want to make sure everybody's okay. No doubt you're going to have to talk to the authorities and so on and so forth. When's the appropriate time to pull your pants back up? That's what I want to know. Because he's laying on the sidewalk and everybody knows what just fucking happened here. I broke my dick. (laughs) I broke my dick. (laughs) He's laying on the ground with his pants around his ankles after this crash. And there's his female accomplice. 
Is that the right word for it? Is it an, an accomplice? Well, I don't think so. We can't really go bl- go blaming her. She might have like a, have a seatbelt infraction, but she's not the one that was driving. Okay. <laughs> well, she uh, she's right there, and everybody knows what just happened. Like, isn't he basically saying she did it? She was on it. Okay. I hope not. How else do you interpret that? I mean, it's pretty obvious from the picture what just happened here. Most people don't drive with their pants around their ankles no. when they're out with their girlfriend. No. That would be a head-on I collision, wouldn't it? <laughs> I seriously want to know how, what about her injuries? I think she's okay. I mean, other than maybe a little bit of whiplash, I don't think there was anything seriously wrong because there's nothing noted here in the police well, report. Her skull just went back and forth between his head and the steering wheel. It just doesn't seem like a fun time. 10 to 7 in the evening and he's getting a roadie in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What about the people that were waiting for a package from that fucking FedEx truck? Sorry, held up. Guy, guy giving a massive, guy getting a blowjob, smashed into the back of my truck. True story. <laughs> Here we go. No serious injuries for the woman. Oh, lucky. But the picture is out there, and that's probably the last picture you want. What if her parents see that picture? That's horrible. Fuck. Think about that next time, kids. <laughs> An adult. Every now and again, you could probably experience this because you've seen a lot more movies than I can, and you'll occasionally make the odd movie reference. Doesn't it suck when you make a movie reference and people have no idea oh what gosh. you're talking that about? That is my life working with you. That is my life working with you if I quote a movie and it just goes right over your head. And I'm like, ah, if someone else was here that watched that movie, they would give me a high five right now. I just saw one of the people who works here at the photocopier and I walked by and he's a little bit older than I am. So I figured for sure he watched SNL back in the day. I said, making copies. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just look back down at the photocopier. And I was like, oh, fuck. Do you not know that? I don't know that. You don't know that reference either? No, I don't know that one. It was a Saturday Night Live, Rob Schneider sketch. Okay, that's fine. Nope. Well, it's good to know it's just me and nobody else. (laughs) Now you know how it feels. For uh, regular listeners, you likely know that the After 9 podcast is sponsored by Tony Johal and his real estate team in Waterloo Region. They get a ton of business from people that listen to After 9 and want to relocate to Mm -hmm. Waterloo Region. And if you're in a similar predicament, this might be a good time. We asked Tony today, what's going on with the real estate market? Because it's a little fucked up right now. Wouldn't you agree? It's very, yeah, absolutely. It's hard to say what's going to happen next. I do find it to be a more unsure time. People aren't sure if it's a good time to sell now because, I don't know, homes, it was like you could just list your home and you had 50 buyers without even looking at the house. And now that seems to have died off a little bit. But then you have a question about what kind of value you'll get for your home. Do you wait? Do you sell? Do you buy? What kind of a market is it? Because it is a bit of a shift right now. So we had some questions for him. Yeah, he uh, basically what Tony said is that we are in the middle of a shift. He said it went from a total seller's market, not to a buyer's market yet, but it's a lot more balanced, he said. Half the offers he does are not getting into that multiple offer, hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking scenario. He said detached homes selling for less than they were at the height, but still more than they were even, say, a year ago. Is that sustainable? Interest rates are going up like crazy. And in a nutshell, he said he's strapping in to see what happens too, because those interest rates, they are going to have an impact, but how much longer are they going to continue raising interest rates? Have you had any conversations with people about this? Because it seems like everybody I talk to either wants to talk about interest rates 
or gas prices. Yeah, it's, I mean, d- generally speaking, anything to do with inflation is a- an absolute hot topic. Anywhere I go, it's about the price and us being, either us being gouged uh, at the pumps, absolutely. Another one is homes. I have I have friends who are trying to find a home right now and it's just, it's horrible and they don't know what to do. And so, yeah, I mean, I think everywhere we go, we feel that way right now. So it's understandable that that's top of mind for everybody. So is it best now then to wait and see once interest rates keep going crazy and going mm-hmm. through the roof, blah, blah, blah. Presumably, there's going to be people who can't afford to stay in the home they're in. Yeah, you have to be prepared. I mean, that's the best thing to do. And I, the, anybody who helps you along, any mortgage lender should anyway, from the very beginning, even if you first bought years ago, which is me, right? I mean, I first bought my house, house years ago. Even then, it was like, do not buy something that you can just afford, like just you obviously have to make sure that you have good cushioning. You don't want to be house poor. That was I don't know. Do people still use that term? That was the term I always grew up knowing. It was house poor. Yeah, because I think so many people are yeah. in that situation yeah. where the majority of your money just goes to housing. Right? You want to have that cushion for safety, yes, but also to have a little fun in life, to be able to do stuff that you want to do and not just, I have to pay, have to, have to, have to pay, have to pay this. But now we're at a point where the interest rates are getting so damn high that for a lot of people, that cushion is is leaving or already gone. And that's kind of a scary thing. One of the things that Tony pointed out to us, and he's right, I'm, I'm really worried about this too. Guys, I'm so worried about the economy. Raising interest rates like this is absolutely catastrophic. And the Bank of Canada and the dipshits that run it, that let us get into this situation we're in, don't seem to understand how impactful it is to raise interest rates, even a quarter point let alone a half point, let alone one and a half full points in three months. But Tony pointed out that there are a lot of people out there who bought a house right at the end of the boom, like January, February, Mm -hmm. bought a house, agreed on terms, everything's good. Well, now it's time to close that deal and it involves an appraisal. And the bank will still give you a mortgage, but they'll give it up to the appraised value. So if you bought a house for a million, but it only appraises at 900000 you have to make up that extra $100,000. The bank's not going to give you a mortgage for more than a house is worth. doesn't work that way. So there's going to be people that are told, yeah, that house that you thought you were moving into, and oh yeah, we, we know you already sold yours. Yeah, a hundred grand more that you have to put up or you can't move in. I did, like it just, that, that whole thing didn't seem like fair to me. Am I wrong there? Or do you think that that's perfectly fair? It is what it is. I just feel for those people who did, who, who all of a sudden the house is appraised lower. Like I agreed on that price though. I agreed on it. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's strange. The it's price strange. is fine. It's just less money that the bank the is bank, willing to put yeah, out. So yeah. you've got to make it up because at the end of the day, the buyers want one check. They want their money on closing day. And if you can't get that closing uh, money to them, it's not your house. But you already sold your house. So then what the fuck are you supposed to do? Yeah. You're in a bit of a pickle there, aren't you? So there's a couple different ways this, this can go. With interest rates, keep going up. Nobody is standing up for us. Justin Trudeau is not doing anything for Canadians when it comes to this. And he won't interfere with the Bank of Canada. He's just going to let them run roughshod. If they keep raising interest rates, we may be in a position where people just plain can't afford to buy a house. And then that's going to screw the whole market. Or there's going to be a whole bunch of houses on the market that are getting sold under value because people had to turn in their keys. Their payments got so high with rising interest rates that they just couldn't afford to keep doing what they were doing. Yeah. 
Do you find it weird, by the way, that we just got the stress test introduced? It was uh, four years ago, right? It was the end of the Kathleen Wynn era. Yep. Just over four years ago, they gave us the stress test. And what do they test you on? A 2.5% increase to interest rates? Something like that. I remember when Kathleen Wynn brought that in, her efforts to cool the housing market and the stress test was supposed to make sure that interest rates could rise up to 2.5% and you'd still be able to afford your home. It looks like that by the time the Bank of Canada gets through all of their interest rate increases, it'll probably be 2.5% increase. I find that very, very weird. Almost a little coincidental. Hmm. Four years ago, we were thinking about, well, what would happen in theory if interest rates went up 2.5%? And then, even though that hadn't even been fathomed, there was no reason to think interest rates would go up 2.5% in four years. Lo and behold, here we are. Yeah. Interest rates are going up two and a half percent. We're not the only ones. We're not the only ones thinking this. And I don't know. I've heard a lot of, or I should say, I've seen a lot, not heard, but seen a lot about you know in the states they're not happy. In the states, it's not a good situation there either. Nope. Do you see a a recession coming? Yeah. For oh. sure, it's just a it's just a matter of when, not if. Listen, there's nobody in this country that is watching the middle class. And that's the heartbeat of the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lower, I I shouldn't say middle class because the opposite of middle class would be higher class or lower class. And neither of those are good terms. So the people who are right in the middle uh, making just, they're working full time, either one income or two, they can afford to have that home, yada, yada, yada. When rates go up, especially when they go up because of interest rates and gas, and inflation, which affects the grocery store and everything else. Gas prices are also infecting, <laughs> affecting inflation. People just can't do it. Like, it it's not like mm-hmm. bosses are lining up to say, well, inflation went up 6%, so I'm going to give you a 6% increase on your pay, effective immediately. I, uh, make it retroactive two months, and that'll carry you through. They're not doing that. Businesses are in an uncertain time, too. Their interest rates are going up. And in a lot of cases, they don't just have a mortgage. They probably have a business loan, a business line of credit, and yada, yada, yada. No, people can't afford this. What's happening now is it's like they're trying to bankrupt the middle class. And when they do that, you're only going to have wealthy and poor. That's all we're going to have. The people who are, they're not rich by any means, but they're making enough money to pay their bills, pay their mortgage, put some food on the table, and uh, once a year they can head down to Dominican or Cuba for a week. That would be the middle class. They're the ones who are getting squeezed the hardest here, and nobody is doing anything about it. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why, unless they want it this way, or they truly do not know what to do. And if I'm the prime minister looking at those dipshits at the Bank of Canada that are recklessly raising these rates, they say to try and tame inflation. It's not going to work this time. That This isn't an interest rate problem. I get that that's what they typically do to bring inflation down, but it's not going to work in this case. It's too far gone. So these people who are extremely wealthy, raising interest rates to make the banks and their stockholders even more wealthy, I don't know if they care. I don't know that they care that people were down to... A small amount of money that was the difference between breaking even and going into debt each month. And soon they're going to be losing money or building up more debt every single Mm -hmm. month. Can they afford to refinance? Nope. Not now at these interest rates. The cost is just too damn high. Especially for those who just got into the market. And there's a lot of people in that scenario. How about those people that just back in February and January paid, 
I don't know, let's say a million dollars for a home. But now, because of this market correction, that home's only worth 900000 They can't even sell off that house now to get out of that deal because they'll lose hundred grand on the sale. That's how quickly it went down 100000 in value. I'm going to say it just because I know there's people thinking it right now. Is there anything to, they, they should have fucking seen that coming. I know a lot of people that were whistling, trying to warn people that eventually this would happen, that eventually we'd be here only months out. Probably it's going to happen. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't get into it. And now we're here. Some people didn't have a choice, though. They just had to buy. They had to buy some place to live. As opposed to renting, for example. The renting market's even rent- worse. I know it's even more expensive. It's more expensive to rent than buy in some cases. It is. I totally agree. So if you're able to buy, I understand that that would be your only, you'd feel like that was your only option Mm -hmm. as opposed to spending more on rent. It's like just a shitty scenario to be in for anyone. It totally is. How about those people that missed the market? There were people that realized, hey, I own a detached house with a single garage. Apparently those are worth a million dollars now. I only paid 300000 for it. I'm going to sell and cash out $700,000, and then I can afford to buy a bigger house. Well, it's not worth a million anymore. Maybe it's down to nine. Mm-hmm. Maybe you wait a few months, and that's down to seven. Wait a few more months when the whole thing is on the bricks. Maybe that's down to five. And before you know it, your equity just isn't there anymore. If you sold, let's say, any time before the end of January, you did really well. That was good. If you bought... I don't know what's going to happen because all of those prices were really, really high. And and they can say, oh, it's a risk. Yeah, you know, when you buy real estate, it's a risk. It was never this risky. Let's be clear about this. What happened is completely unprecedented for inflation to get as out of control as it did is unprecedented the way it is. Interest rates being raised this fast and that much has never in history happened before. There was no reason to think that this could happen. Yet here we are, and they're intentionally doing it. At the Bank of Canada, not only have they raised rates one and a half full points in three months, they're already threatening. It's going up again. They might even do a three-quarter percentage increase in July. And they're too stupid to realize this is not going to bring inflation under control. It's not like if they just do one more rate increase, three-quarters of a point, that that 6% inflation is going to come down to 2 It's not going to happen like that. They fucked it up too badly now. They need creative solutions and smart people, not multimillionaires making decisions for people that are a hundred bucks one way or the other between breaking even and going further into debt. That's just going on credit cards. It's going on lines of credit Mm -hmm. or it's going on even higher mortgages if you can even get approved for the higher mortgage because people have to pull out some equity and refinance. I'm super worried about what's going on in the markets. And frankly, I I think somebody needs to step up and speak for the middle class here because nobody is. Doug's going to be on fucking vacation until they bring the house back in September. Justin, he always takes the summer off. We won't see much of him. I don't know who's going to stand up and say, hey, Bank of Canada, maybe you guys should fuck off for a little bit. You're already making insane record profits. You don't need to raise interest rates right now. You should probably go back to your customers and sit down with all of them and say, are you good? Do we need to look at a different option? Whoever's in charge of the CMHC these days, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Company, maybe you should be talking to the Bank of Canada saying, if you guys do that, we're fucked. So stop doing that. Stop raising the interest rates. Gas prices We can figure that out with taxation. 
interest rates, they got to stop because I'm worried, Kat. I'm worried that there's too many people that are stretched too thin. And it's people that have never had financial problems before. In a lot of cases, it's people who did everything right. They saved up the money. They bought their first house. They sold that house and made a bit of money and bought a bigger house. And these are the people that go to work nine to five, Monday to Friday. They pay their bills. They pay their taxes. They're the ones who are going to hurt. I'm surprised Dougie hasn't said anything about it. Or I know that it's obviously there's been a lot of shit on the go there. But Trudeau probably has to approve anything Doug says these days. Anyway, yeah, exactly. But I mean, he's usually that person, right? He's usually tries to be the man of the people, the one who helps the middle class, um, helping families. I mean, he, sure, he'll say, okay, well, I did that. I did this. I, I, and this is also how I saved, you know, some families money. But it's not always the young families, too. It's other people. There's a lot of people that are hurting or being heard because of it so i hope he does i'd be kind of disappointing if he wouldn't address it yeah somebody should somebody needs to stand up and and point out this is a huge problem because i think once they do people will rally behind that person unless it's pierre polyev he tried to call out the bank of canada and everybody shit on him for days because of it so i don't know maybe people got scared off or maybe back to the original point they just don't know what to do Maybe they just don't know how to fix this problem and they're just going to let the train go right off the tracks. Scary stuff. Uh, Tomorrow, we will be back with another episode of After 9. There's uh, always something fun happening on a Tuesday, so make sure you download. In the meantime, hey, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Maybe tell a friend. Yeah, there's this podcast. It comes out every day around 11 o'clock. If you're on Spotify, you can rate it, too. We'd we'd appreciate it. You could throw us several stars, five particularly, but however many stars you think. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to reach us, just slide into our DMs, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Bye. Jalen Brown of the Celtics is now the first professional basketball player to sign with Donda Sports. You know, that's Kanye West's company, which, wow, Kanye, mid-divorce, announcing a relationship with an NBA player. He really is a Kardashian. He's, <laughs> and I have to hand it to him. New report says investors have lost a billion dollars recently in buying fake crypto coins. They said it could have been worse. It could have been real crypto coins. <laughs> You know what? There are good jobs for teenagers. They say this summer they are desperate to get teenagers to help. (laughs) Of course, the teenagers, they don't want fast food jobs. Here's how you get them to take it. Tell them, look, you're not a fast food worker. You're a diabetes influencer. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.